Wait, did y'all hear that? That ticking sound? What was that? Oh, I think it's time. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's Hospitality O'Clock. Hey. Hey, everyone. Welcome to TikTok. It's Hospitality O'Clock, brought to, brought to you by HR from Happy Valley. My name is Caroline Doherty, and I'm so happy to be here with all of you today. I'm from Ramsey, New Jersey. I'm the youngest of three siblings, and I've had a passion for the hospitality industry ever since I lived abroad in Paris, France for three years at the age of five. Ooh, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> I traveled a lot during this time, which developed my passion for the service industry. However, I'm now looking to go down the sales and events track while minoring in human resources. Hey guys, my name is Tia Sample, and I am from Pittsburgh, just like Caroline. I'm also the youngest of three, and I just recently became an aunt. Thanks. Ever since I was little, me and my sisters have always talked about opening up our own hotel together, which started my love for the hospitality industry. Over the years, we have uh, started talking about maybe doing a wedding venue instead, so Ooh. now I'm thinking about getting into events. Ooh, a wedding yeah. venue. I'll have to keep you in mind if I ever get married, but <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if that'll ever happen. But um, hey, y'all, my name is Katie. I'm from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. My love for the hospitality industry, I think, came from when I started working in a bakery when I was 15. So that just kind of threw me in. I love the cortisol of it. And now I am here at Penn State, living my best life. Yeah. Getting to sit here and chat with y'all. Um, so yeah, that's about that's about it for me. Yeah. How are you today, Miss Liv? I'm I'm doing great. Yeah? Thank you. Yeah, Good. I'm doing wonderful. My Good. my love for the hospitality industry also started when I was a very young age. Um, mm. my name is Olivia Andros. I'm from Roseland, New Jersey. The best state in the world, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm an only child and my mom actually went to Penn State. Is and Ooh. is in the ho- was in the hospital. Legacy industry. vibes. So that's where I got my love for it at a young age. And then I want to work in hotels, although I do want to work in events eventually to see if yeah. I like that. Mm. But I have a passion for traveling, and I would love to work in either the city or in Florida, maybe even outside of the United States one day. Okay. So now what do you classify as city, New York or uh, Philly? Definitely New York City. I, ha- yeah. I have no yeah. You yeah. had Penn to. State, everyone has different opinions. You literally <laughs> had to clarify. Uh, but during this podcast, we're going to dive in a little bit into two segments. One, here's the buzz. The other is Global Spotlight. I'm very excited for the Global Spotlight because we'll be collaborating with our two friends over in the Netherlands, Rebecca and Sven. Uh, to discuss some HR issues from an international perspective. Yeah, I'm pumped for that. I yeah. love Rebecca and So, Sven. Katie, <laughs> why don't you tell us a bit about Here's the Buzz? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, love. So, Here's the Buzz. We're all going to get to chat from a different desk perspective, talk about different issues in the hospitality industry and how they relate to HR. I can't wait to chat about I it. I can't wait. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's dive awesome. in. Until next time. Woo. All right, welcome back. I'm Caroline here with Olivia, Katie, and Tia. Hey! Alrighty, Rue, let's get into Here's the Buzz. <laughs> Tia, are you ready? I am. Caroline, what desk are you going to be speaking from? I'm going to be speaking from Here's Something to Think About Desk. Mm. The article I chose is from the Wall Street Journal and is called The Lonely Office is Bad for America by Peggy Noonan, published on July 28, 2022. This article made me think a lot about what the workplace looked like pre versus post-COVID, There's the argument that working from home frees up a lot of time in a given day uh, in terms of commuting. However, the risk of declining in professionalism is apparent. Mm. Uh, The social aspect of the workplace is where you would meet people you never thought you would and learn things from all those around us. It is a challenge to establish a level of leadership from behind a screen, which has been an ongoing issue in the workplace. That's true. 
A quote I found from the article reads, the primary location of daily integration in America, the coming together of all ages, religions, ethnicities, and political tendencies, all colors, classes, and conditions, has been, during the past century, the office. Working from home is taking a step back in where we want this country to be and will overall hurt future generations. Oh, wow, that's so interesting. I know personally I would want to go into the office. I would think most post-pandemic workers would. Really? Yeah. You would? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. being, like, hospitality students, we're very much, mm-hmm. like, social, social people. Yeah. Like, we thrive on to yeah. create that social mm-hmm. interaction where, I guess, a lot of under- other industries I might not that. necessarily yeah. want yeah. that. Yeah, my dad's always working from home, and he's, like, a computer man. But for me, I love to talk, so yeah. I need to, you know. <laughs> yeah, we like, know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> like, like, I need to see the other people. Oh, but yeah. I could see the other side of that where post-pandemic – service industry everything was so busy mm-hmm. and so packed that we experienced a lot of burnout because you know not everyone else is home but we are cranking out double yep. yeah the yeah, work yeah. so that's interesting caroline yeah. Yeah. Hmm. what desk are you going to be speaking from i will be speaking from the desk of here's everything or here's something everyone should care oh. about uh hey guys it's tia um so i chose to talk about this desk because i just really care about the topic um, that my article talked about, and I just really want to share it with all of you. Mm. Um, so the article that I have chosen is, This is How Job Stress Can Worsen Your Health According to Science. And this article came out on the website Fast Company. The author is Tracy Brower, and it was published on July 30th of this year. And mm. it just mainly talks about work stress and how it can negatively impact both your mental and physical health. Um, Some of the main points they talked about was how stress affects your energy, sleep, lifespan, and when it's stress and when work stresses you out, then like you don't really have enough energy to do some of those things that you would do to relieve stress when you get home. So you could be so stressed out that it's affecting how much you sleep. um, And also the coworkers that you surround yourself with can affect your lifespan and um, the article then goes in to discuss how you can manage your stress and it presents a study that states that the number one way to reduce stress is to meditate actually and oh do you do you meditate I don't actually. oh <laughs> I like meditating I I feel like I should get into it because I think it mm-hmm. would be a good way to yeah a nice way stress. to zen zen out yeah, yeah. really mm-hmm. take a moment to shavasana yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, then it just goes into um, another way to relieve your stress is to just make sure that you're actually working at a job that you like and yeah. is of interest to you. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be able to connect with your coworkers better and it would just help to not have as much stress at work. Yeah, yeah burnout. That reminds yeah. me of what my dad always says. Yeah. He says, do what you love and love what you do. Oh, yeah. wow. That's beautiful. That's so inspirational. Mm-hmm. Love that. <laughs> so, Tia. Have you ever dealt with workplace stress? And since you don't meditate, what do you do to cope with that <laughs> yeah. stress? Um, yeah, I definitely have um, dealt with stress at work when I worked as a summer or as a server over oh. the summer. And um, I just I would just try to make sure I was getting enough sleep at night. I would like set an alarm to make sure I was going to bed on time, and that would really help. Did that work? Yeah. Would you say like, like have the self control? I yeah, feel like that's the thing bit. with serving in the summer. Mm-hmm. You get off at, like, midnight, yeah. and my brain is still running so fast mm-hmm. because I've just been running no, around for right. six hours. Mm-hmm. But then 
I don't know. Yeah. So that's good if you can. Because yeah. that's the issue with the burnout and mm-hmm. the restaurant industry, especially it's like a very, especially for a server, go, 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 make the money, yeah. open to yeah. close. But then how are you supposed to have that other side? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Server life. <laughs> so, hey guys, my name is Olivia. Hello. Um, the desk that I am going to be speaking on is Here's Something Cool. Mm. So, something okay. cool, yeah. something fresh, something fun. I'm gonna fill you in on the buzz on this topic that you yes. may not know about. Yes, please. Yeah. So the reason I chose this specific desk was because I kind of wanted to shed a little bit of light on the area. Um, I feel as if a lot of the articles that I was looking at were kind of relying relying information that were showing the bad aspects of the industry mm. post COVID. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the article that I will be discussing is what is the future of the office. And the oh. article does not state the author, but the okay. YouTube video attached is provided by The Economist. Mm. It was published on July 28, 2022. So the article discusses how the pandemic has changed the way that offices are being built from now on. In the past, offices were simply uncomfortable and small cubicles and a place that employees could go just to simply get work done and go home. Now, new hotels build offices into kind of relaxation spaces to account for employees that were so used to like working remotely. Uh, there's like common areas and more places to interact and there's also resulted in happier employees and employees that are actually excited to come into work. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you say that because I was actually, I applied for an internship at one of those companies. I don't know if you've heard really? of WeWork. I don't know. I was trying to get down to Miami really? for the summer. So I was like applying to every internship yeah. on LinkedIn and we work. Yeah, apparently there's a documentary about it, but really? it's a remote working space. So people can just lease, like rent out a oh, desk, yeah. office space for however long. Mm-hmm. But my parents were like, uh, <laughs> what does that have to do with hospitality? And I was like, what do you yeah. mean? I'm with other people, but I didn't get it. But it's interesting that you are talking about that. Yeah, But the office is definitely still like the center of like the work ecosystem. But this like relaxation space adheres like more of the needs and wants of the employees by adapting to like their feel of the like the pandemic. Yeah. Um, the Economist actually gave an example of an employee that does her work at home, but actually uses her office as a place to like have face to face interaction and like reconnect with like her other employees. Um, yeah. So remote wor- working has definitely changed the way that cities are being planned on from here on, here on out. Wow. Yeah. We work. Uh, apparently, it's the. This is probably an incorrect statistic, but it's a very, very large growing company. They have offices all over the states, I think even internationally too. But they like expanded like crazy, especially because of COVID, this new wave of remote working. And just, I know a lot of people also like work remotely, just moved to Puerto Rico. I don't know. I don't know why I've seen so many people doing (laughs) that recently, which is cool. Yeah, one of the downsides of not, of, I guess going to ops yeah. operations, that's not really an option, but mm-hmm. it's a cool Definitely. thing. Yeah. Well, today, my desk is, here's something to watch out for, something to keep them eyes right, open yeah, for. Yeah, so, um, I know there's, uh, speaking of restaurants, Hooters. Oh, Everyone, oh. I feel like you say Hooters, so it raises everyone's it ears. Uh-huh. So, this article comes from the Nation Restaurant News, and it's called, How Hooters Treats Its Girls published on July 27th, 2022, by Miss Holly Petre. Um, she discusses a lot about how Hooters has kind of been on the upward mend with their sexual harassment policies. Obviously, we are Hooters. We all think of one thing, buffalo wings. Yes. Uh, yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I kid. But they're, you know, they're servers and the kind of 
risque nature mm-hmm. of the um, restaurant. I mean, and people obvious, dress up like that for Halloween. Yes, yeah. yes, very much so. <laughs> Hooters, I wanted to read this article because I'll, I'll say it, I've always wanted to work for Hooters. I, really? I love serving, you know, yeah. you... I love the environment, the fast, mm-hmm. you Never get people, ex- hey, right. <laughs> but I Book feel like something in my life, I've never been placed in like where I live and close to a Hooters, maybe it's like for the best, yeah. but uh, Hooters actually is going to um, eliminate the term Hooters girl because it is in a way demeaning and kind of showing that these women are not even women, they are not old mm-hmm. enough. So Hooters is going to cut out that terminology. And um, it's really awesome because their new chief people officer, Cheryl Whitney Kish, she's now inviting a lot of people that have negative things to say about Hooters into the restaurants to show that, you know, Hooters isn't just this place where your waitress, your male counterpart might make some eyes at your waitress. It's a place where, you know, people can come to have an experience and enjoy the Buffalo, yeah. Yeah. yeah, watch the game, drink the beer, eat the wings, have your All pretty waitress. You know, it's yeah. not mm-hmm. like some gross place, which I think yeah. is an yeah. interesting way to look at it because at yeah. the end of the day, it is a place where a lot of women are very empowered and make a lot of money. Yeah. You can make a living at Hooters, so Definitely. Yeah. I think it's interesting to know that they are teaching their employees and kind of their clientele that no longer are those stigmas. So definitely something to look out for. Well, I think that we've, I feel educated right now. Like, wow, that was full of buzz. That was was buzzing. (laughs) I I think it might be time to maybe, yeah, Yeah. go take a little trip to the Netherlands possibly. All right, awesome. Well, we will be right back for y'all. Hey y'all, and welcome back to TikTok. It's Hospitality O'Clock. This is Katie here, reporting to you live from our Global Spotlight segment. I'm excited. Are y'all ready to get into this? I'm yeah, so excited. Yeah. 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 How's everyone way. doing today? I'm doing good. Just yeah, a little stressed from finals Yeah, finals. They're rough. It's, I know. We're almost there. Yeah. So excited so to go home. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> well, today we have the great pleasure of speaking to our friends, Sven and Rebecca from the Netherlands. How are y'all doing today? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness, of course. It's our pleasure. Um, why don't y'all tell us a little bit about yourselves? Sven, <laughs> what school do you Hi. go to? Uh, so my name is Sven. I'm from uh, from the Netherlands and I'm studying, uh, studying in Maastricht right now, hospitality. I'm, uh, I'm very much interested in it. And, uh, awesome. and are y'all more of like hotels or restaurants or casinos? Do you have a special interest? I must say I do love cooking and I love everything surrounding food and beverage. Mm. But uh, who knows what the future brings? Oh, awesome. And then how are you, Rebecca? Yeah, I'm doing really good, actually. So I'm also studying here in the Netherlands, um, but I'm originally actually from Taiwan. Oh. Um, my interest, yeah... Mm, unlike Sven, are more in the hotel industry, hotel focused, and I'm not that much of a cook. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that's okay. That's okay. Um, well, today we have y'all here because we are going to be speaking about the global spotlight, and our topic for today is human trafficking. We just want to have a disclaimer that says we are just students. We don't really know the, you know, because it is such a difficult topic, we don't know the full 
brunt of it. So we're just here kind of having the discussion. Um, just a little disclaimer. But human trafficking in the hotel industry is a very up and coming issue right now. Human trafficking it oh my goodness, human trafficking is when a person is forced or enslaved to do commercial sex acts. And hotels are actually a really easy and quick location for human trafficker human traffickers goodness y'all i cannot say that word um to commit this crime because anyone can obtain a room with just a simple payment especially with covid the whole privacy and little human contact is very popular right now so hotels have been a bigger even bigger than before spot to you know allow for the human trafficking so live yeah so what are we I, gonna get into today my name's Liv. i'm just gonna start discussion off on what we think the most critical aspects of like human trafficking is in our specific countries and why mm. we think it's still such a prominent issue today um i'll start um for one i think the most critical aspects of the issue is that many think human trafficking is just about training staff to look for signs through the consumers and customers yeah. however I do think that hotels should provide specific HR training to increase awareness for employees that may have been affected by human trafficking and may, like, have trauma mm -hmm. because of it. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, think, yeah. Um, I also think that um, with the increase of technology in all aspects of the hospitality industry, it is even more crucial that we are more aware of the warning signs of human trafficking and continue training in the workplace. I agree with that, Caroline, 100%. Yeah, definitely. And especially since, like, the pandemic, there's been a lot less contact with people in hotels, which I definitely think has been leading to more human trafficking cases. Yeah. For sure. What do y'all think about um, the technology and how it's impacting human trafficking? I don't know if y'all have that. I mean, I would assume so, the check-in on a tablet technology in the Netherlands, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah definitely. I guess it makes it easier to uh, to stay in hotels more anonymously on the one hand, because yeah. you can check in anonymously. Nobody has to really see where you're going in. On the other hand, maybe financially wise, it's more difficult to uh, uh, or becoming more easy to detect it because often it's harder to pay with cash. But I guess there are two sides to it. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Have either of you ever had any like firsthand experience with human trafficking or like work somewhere where like it was a part of the conversation yeah i have actually i uh i worked in a in a hotel in uh, in amsterdam for my internship here in school and uh, we had this very uh, uh well interesting and difficult case where uh we had these two uh two gentlemen coming into the hotel booking uh, what was it i think 14 rooms or something wow. and we were, uh, were filled with the, the gentlemen and the rest was filled with uh with girls who seemed way too young to be uh, hanging out with these guys. That was a really fishy situation. Did you ever have any training or management tell you to watch out for these, you know, unusual parties checking in? Or was this just your own intuition? And not, there wasn't really training on it, I have to be honest. I also didn't really know what to do. So I discussed it with, with my colleagues and they were all like, yeah, we can all see what's happening, but we cannot really do anything because then you yes, you put the, the reputation of the of the company at stake and you might uh, scare off future guests. Uh, also, you don't want to create a conflict in the hotel. So it was a very difficult situation uh, and definitely in which some extra training or, uh, or a procedure would have helped. Yeah. So how do you think that like, because I feel like that is a very big thing. I feel like hotels might turn a blind eye um, because of their reputation. Mm. Um, how do you think like that can change in the future? Because we can't keep going through like these motions of 
putting people at risk, but it is a sticky situation for um, like general managers and all that. So how do you guys think that can change in the future? Well, I guess uh, these days with social media, if you do allow these things to happen and at some point uh, somebody finds out that you're very uh, oblivious to it, then it might also create a lot of negative, uh, well, negative PR basically. So I guess that if you would, uh, for example, send anonymous people into hotels just to check these kinds of things, that you could create situations where it would, even just from a, a cost perspective, be more attractive to uh, to do something about it. Uh, I would like to add to that that it's not even a choice anymore to turn the blind eye because the biggest hotels chains are currently literally being sued for gross negligence on turning an eye to human trafficking. So... What is good about the situation um, is that there is no more chance to turn a blind eye, actually, that these companies are being called out and that staff is being trained. So I also think it's very important that us students are here today having this conversation, even though we are not experts on the subject, that we are at least starting the conversation. For sure. I think that's yeah. definitely a big reason why we're all here today also, mm -hmm. just to kind of start the conversation, get some ideas flowing. Yeah, because yeah. definitely, like, before this, I never really, like, thought about human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Within, like, yeah, you was... kind of hear that, like, hotels are, like, a big spot for it, but I mm -hmm. never really, yeah. like, mm -hmm. really dove into it until this yeah. project. We had the opportunity to talk to a lot of... Um, specialists in this area and i feel like every time and i know y'all heard them too i feel like we learned something new mm -hmm. completely mm -hmm, because like caroline said i didn't even know this was an issue again i don't hotels isn't really my thing i haven't even worked in one but yeah i was completely shocked when we were mm -hmm. you know assigned this topic yeah, so definitely. i thought it was really interesting we had like alumni from um penn state hospitality mm -hmm. Uh, one of them came in and he actually talked about how he worked for Expedia and they once they got like a, like word that a hotel was um, like doing this and yeah. like was guilty of all of this, um, they would like completely take them off the site and like that would make them lose yeah. their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they thought, had a really strict policy yeah. about it. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't think there was. It's Olivia, by the way. I didn't think that there was so much like cases with this and I found mm -hmm. this really really interesting fact that there's more than 10,000 reported cases of human trafficking in the U.S. Wow. Yeah I feel like that's that crazy. really just like blew my mind. Yeah I feel like I just never really hear about human trafficking cases so I just don't really realize how often it actually goes yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, sure it, could, yeah. it could definitely happen anywhere but mm -hmm. human, like trafficking in hotels specifically is just such a problem mm -hmm. and that's why i also think it, uh, it all goes back to training as well mm -hmm. like yeah. no matter how young you are you need to like internship mm -hmm. or job i think it's very important when you're going through all those motions to really be exposed to like the warning signs and what to look out for because um. you could be 16 years old mm -hmm. working at the front desk and not even having a single clue that this could mm -hmm. go on and then yeah like like good thing sven was kind of mm -hmm. like hey guys um mm -hmm. This is kind of peculiar. This is kind of strange. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think like, one managerial solution to, like, some of this would be just to, like, encourage employees to speak up, even if they feel something to be, like, mm -hmm. off yeah. intuitively. Mm -hmm. And, like, I know some employees have trouble speaking up just because they're scared that they'll be in trouble, that they'll mm -hmm. be wrong about the situation. But I feel like if you're not wrong, this could help so, so many people, you know? Yeah. yeah. Did you say anything to your boss, Sven? 
I'm sorry yeah, I yeah, I, this already. And how did he I, and how did they respond? Also a bit doubtful because of course, everybody like from the check-in staff to the FMB, of course, noticed that these people were uh, were in the hotel because they walked through the lobby, they ate in the restaurant, and they were there for I think around a week or something. Yeah. So everybody knew exactly what was going on because, of course, staff staff talks to each other. So there was a lot of discussion about it, which made it, I guess, more familiar. Yeah. But, it, but with the guests, it's more of a "don't ask, don't tell" type of. Kind of, in that case, yeah, as wrong as it may be. I feel like that's those awkward situations we're put in as, you know, lower level positions slash younger managers because we might see something going wrong, but it's kind of the culture of the establishment to, you know, Mm -hmm. put a blind eye. But, you know, now we have the education and even know what this is, so it's it's really up to us. That sounds corny, but... That's um, interesting. Caroline, I know that you worked at a hotel and you have some experience. Have you ever had training for human trafficking? Um, never, which I thought was very interesting because, like I said before, like I never really was exposed to any of this. Um, but I was that 17-year-old who was left at the front desk yeah. until midnight sometimes. And there would be people coming in at very late hours begging me for a hotel room but no id to show would just want to pay cash only like couldn't trace it back to them sorry guys i'm a little sick right now (laughs) um tis the season but um so i really had no idea i was very i guess you could say naive during that time but i that's why i think it's so important now that even if you are an Mm -hmm. intern Mm -hmm. and you're only there for three months if you're general manager or anyone is trusting you to be alone especially at the front desk at those late hours of the night it's up to them to like to train you about all these things and make you aware because at the end of the day I could have gotten trouble in the hotel and a lot of trouble if I did anything um but yeah I thought that was pretty crazy and after talking about it with all of you just it's crazy Mm -hmm. that this happens a lot Mm -hmm. so my mom actually works in the hospitality industry and she works in hotels. So I called her mm. up before just to get like mm-hmm. some insight. Yeah, the she's inside scoop. Gotten any, the inside scoop. Mm-hmm. She's gotten any training. Um, she says she does get training and they actually put the training like modules in her pay portal. So if she oh, doesn't go she training, ain't going to get paid. She ain't going to get paid. No, exactly. yeah. sir. So in these classes, they teach you how to identify the human trafficker and like the mm. whole situation, whether it's like booking patterns, same day booking, paying cash, the same time every yeah. week kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If someone looks distressed. So they teach mm-hmm. like the signs physically and like also like yeah. before it even happens. Like mm-hmm. the booking Oh, patterns, good. Yeah. So, Tia, have you ever had any experience in hotels? Um, No, I haven't. I'm trying to get an internship this summer at a hotel, so mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if... Let us know if you get any training. I yeah. will, because yeah. I'm curious to see if they're going to end up training me. But yeah. um, my sister has worked in hotels, has worked at the front desk, but um, I'm not sure if she ever got human trafficking training, so I'll have to ask her about that. Yeah, definitely. Katie, what about you? Well, no, not at all. I thought it was interesting because, you know, like I've said a million trillion times, I don't like hotels. <laughs> um, but when we were talking to the specialists, we had a woman who I believe she wasn't from hotels. She came from a F&B background. Um, and she still said that because I feel like the way of human trafficking, how you defined it, Yes, we find it as sexual acts, which, mm-hmm. but there's so many ways, she said, even, you know, with 
suppliers of produce, if they're not paying their employees, you know, correctly or they're taking advantage of them, that's also a form of human trafficking she was saying in her belief. So I guess, you know, if we are thinking with that broader definition then yeah of course I, I mean I probably have yeah but just uh-huh. unknowingly I'm sure I've worked somewhere where someone was getting taken advantage of because yeah. either you know they didn't know or they didn't know better yeah. or so yeah. I think it's important to be able because I've worked in restaurants since I was like 16 mm-hmm. so I think it's it would be interesting for me to like go back and because I would have a close relationship with my managers and I would sit in the office with them and I wonder if I actually like paid attention to what they were doing if I would have ever caught in anything yeah like shady or yeah but I don't know it's all about the education of it all it is it really is okay so now we're just gonna go into like a fast lightning round and asking all the panelists just to give their concluding points in like five words Okay. So I guess I'll start mine's pretty obvious and pretty simple but sure. it needs to be it needs to happen more I think there should be more comfortable conversations between employers and employees about human trafficking. Yeah. It's some yeah. it's like a conversation we jump around sometimes, but it needs to be more flowy. Yeah, I agree with that. Mine's kinda of similar. I think human trafficking is unfortunately an issue that we don't really see much improvement on within the hospitality industry. Uh, but it's a conversation that needs to continue to be had in order mm-hmm. to get better. Yeah, I mine's also very similar. We just need to be talking about this more and figuring out ways that we can really like um, fix it. Definitely. Sven and Rebecca, any closing remarks? Well, I also just think that it's important to notice that human trafficking goes beyond forced prostitution. Like you said, it's also forced yeah. begging, criminal yeah. exploitation, or even organ removal. So that's yeah. also a conversation. Oh, yeah. Sven? I can speak from my own experience, I would say, uh, make guidelines or yeah, tell sure. people indications of what to do, because that was my biggest, uh, biggest struggle personally. Definitely. Well, guys, Thank it's been you. a lovely conversation. It's been a pleasure yeah. working with y'all. For sure. Thanks, yeah. for, thanks for coming on the Zoom and joining yeah, with thank us. You guys. Yeah. Thank you guys. So yeah, we'll talk to y'all soon. Yes. Yeah, thanks thank for having us. <laughs> Wow, guys, time really flew by. It it's really did. That was, time flies it's when you're having fun. fun. It, does. <laughs> it does. It does. It really does. It does. So it much does. fun. I know. So it's like, here's the buzz, the global spotlight. Mm-hmm. Like, I've really never experienced anything like that. No. no. Same. I think it's been really cool to be able to have a collaborative effort that has been able to be so, you know, literal yeah. free speech yeah. Yeah. like we just kind of sit here yeah, it's so different than every other project we've ever yeah. done because it's like final and you have to t- comb over it yeah. and look through mm-hmm. it and make sure it's perfect but this is very natural yeah. i think it gets like your ideas mm-hmm. out of your brain we also mm-hmm. got to teach ourselves like on so many topics oh within the yeah industry we're literally going into so oh yeah for sure yeah and we definitely and we got some insight from people oh yeah then Sven and rebecca they yeah. were amazing so, because they did great because I really like them. They were both so sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. It's cool to be able to be paired with people from another country in a project and kind of treat them as people instead of just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've worked yeah. with people from, like, Colombia and other classes, and it just hasn't been like this, so... Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I totally yeah. agree. But anyways, it's time to log off. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll see you on another podcast episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. No, well, you guys, that Caroline, was, That was TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. It's hospitality o'clock. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.